Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to the amazing success mentor, author, actress, and podcaster, Rebecca Whitman. Rebecca empowers women to courageously practice self-love so they get to experience power, freedom, and resilience in life. She got to that place after her own terrible divorce caused her to take a real look at her past relationships, get honest, and do that deep dive into herself. And she now uses her seven pillars of success to get you to be the elegant warrior you want to be. I'm so happy to welcome my friend who I saw through that horrendous divorce. Oh my God, he would not leave her condo for the halfway point of 52 Weeks of Hope, the fabulous Rebecca Whitman. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Rebecca. Hi, Lauren. It's so exciting to be here. I love that you're broadcasting from the desert. This is so exciting. It really is. I've never done this before. We're at Miraval in Tucson, Arizona. I just had a stone massage. My This is our first trip in well over a year. And I still, of course, want to do my 52 Weeks of Hope podcast to give the message of hope that everything is still possible. And you are such a good example of that. Thank now, you. I know you have worked through your various different different experiences as we all have, and you have a podcast. You want to talk really briefly, you want to talk about your podcast and what brought that about? Sure. My podcast is called Balance, Beautiful, and Abundant, and it's based on my seven pillars of abundance, your spirituality, your fitness, your emotional life, romantic life, mental, social, and financial life. And when you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you can manifest anything you want. I wrote a book called How to Make Six Figures Working Part-Time. You can manifest that. You can be in your best physical shape or manifest the love of your life, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And I know that came out of a dark period of your life when you were getting divorced. Is that right? It did. I waited really long to get married. And then when I was 39, I realized that my biological clock was ticking and he was kind of the last man standing. And I ignored all the red flags and I painted them pink. And I said, I know he's got, you know, issues and he's drinking, but I can fix him, save him, rescue him. And I couldn't. And what happened was I did get a divorce after three years of marriage. And he, I know you're a lawyer, you'll be shocked to know this, but he actually sued me for spousal support. And it was just a whole like financial and emotional like drain for a year and a half. And then I got through that. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to date again, let alone get married. I just want to be around people with positive energy. I don't care if they're friends, pets, seminars, like just be around high vibe, positive people. So I wrote a book and that's where I met uh, Ben Press. He came to my book signing. And how did that come about? I mean, you meet lots of people at a book signing. So I actually met him the weekend before uh, the owner of my small boutique gym called Circuit Works had a house party, kind of like a backyard barbecue. And I invited every single person at the party to come to my book lunch party the following weekend. And Ben showed up and he bought a book. He waited in line and he said, I bought a book, but I don't want you to sign it here. I want you to sign it at dinner. So he asked me to uh, on a date and we've been dating ever since. And I walked into that date, he said, with such a jaded attitude, like I was very cynical, but I still showed up and he has proven me wrong at every turn. 
And I know you work with a lot of women now on how they too can get through that divorce or those bad relationships and so on and get into a good relationship and meet their soulmate. How do you do that? I have a teaching called Seven Pillars of Attraction where I take women from releasing and processing their past. That's the first pillar to negotiating a long-term committed relationship. Okay. So, so how do you it, have, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there though. How do you have them get rid of your past? Is it like, Oh, okay. Just get rid of your past. Or like, do you have them do certain work? I, I, I mean, you hear that a lot. Similar, yeah. It's similar to the 12 steps. You know, I have them write down all their previous relationships and you know, what hurt them and what they learned and really kind of look at their patterns so they can process and release what happened because I had to change my pattern, Lauren. I was going for, since high school, very good looking, narcissistic, emotionally unavailable men. And until I really looked at my pattern and did like a really deep dive into my relationship history, I realized I don't want those good looking, narcissistic men anymore. They like kick my ass every time. So what are the other pillars? What else do you work on? <laughs> I actually, it's such a new curriculum that I haven't memorized them, but luckily I have it right here on my desk. So the first pillar is process and release your past. The second pillar is radical self-acceptance, also known as be your own Valentine, be your own lover. The third is polarity, which is decide if you want to be the masculine or the feminine energy in the relationship. The fourth is decide where to fish. Do you want to meet guys online, in person? Do you want to be fixed up? The fifth pillar is first date etiquette. So many times I had what I thought was a great first date and then I'd never hear from the guy again. So I figured out how to act on the first date to get a second date and beyond. The yeah, I've interviewed I've interviewed Ariel Ford and Evan Mark Katz both for this podcast. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of spiritual leaders too, an imam, a couple rabbis, a pastor and a minister, you know, but but those two, oh my gosh, it was fascinating. And I mean, Scott and I are good. It's not like that, but it's still so fascinating to listen to them. And they talk about how this is, is the best time to meet your soulmate and why and everything. So I'm sure your meeting trip will be such a success if people work through. You, you have to work through your shit. If you don't work yes. through it, it just, you're going to keep getting what you've always been getting is whatever the saying is, but yeah, but yeah. keep going. Yeah. If this you is do what you always did, you'll get what you always got. So the sixth pillar is dating life, like how to negotiate, who calls who, who texts who, who, how to, how to plan and set up the date. So the sixth one is dating life. And the seventh pillar I call close the deal. And I believe in negotiating exclusivity before you have sex. So those are my seven pillars, and there's a lot of detail that we're going to go into in Medellin about how to go from processing and releasing your past to negotiating a long-term, committed, successful relationship. Wouldn't it be fun to have a reunion with everybody in 10 years? Like your 10-year yeah. anniversaries or, you know, something like that. I always want to, I think about my podcast, everybody, or most people, I don't know. I mean, I don't, and, and just say, okay, here's what you told me 10 years ago. Let's see where you're at. 
I, I just think it would be I so much it. fun to do a 10 year reunion of not reunion, but another episode 10 years later from 52 weeks of hope and say, okay, what's your message of hope now? Cause here's what it was 10 years ago. I'm sure it's still going to be hang in there. Keep putting one foot in front of another. You'll get through. Don't give up. I mean, those will be the overarching themes I would think. And, but the tools may have changed to do that. It's amazing what can happen in 10 years too, because people change so much in 10 years and they have different issues that they're working on. I'm sure they have different tools. So right. I love that you're so passionate about your podcast that you want to do it on vacation and that you want to have reunions. I mean, it's just your passion for your podcast is so invigorating to me. Yeah, but I mean, can you imagine this, your Medellin trip, trip? everybody, all the women in 10 years are all, you guys oh, all having yeah. your reunion? amazing because I've had a couple we, we're going to talk a little bit about my elegant warrior training and I've had women meet their soulmate right after elegant warrior training and it's amazing how happy they are and how in love they are and we both know because we both have really you know hard relationships and one thing that we have in common and I think a lot of successful relationships have in common is there's so much ease just it's just easy when you're with the right person and it's a healthy relationship so the women that i've been coaching are having like such ease and grace in their relationships and it's so beautiful yeah it's so true and then i mean with this and your programs that's clearly it, you're building community and i know you speak a lot about how community builds immunity do you can you explain that from your perspective yeah i think in this day and age especially you know just finishing the COVID pandemic, everyone's been so isolated at home and everyone just gets lost in their technology. And as women, especially, we've always been in community from like the cave women around the fire to the quilting bee and the pioneer women. Like we love community. We love talking. We love feeling connected. You know, women are like the super glue of society and we love connecting. And I think that this retreat is really going to be a beautiful space for women to feel their tribe and feel their connection and feel like they're a part of, you know, something bigger than just themselves and their cell phone. And community builds immunity because when you're just feeling like it's just you against the world and you have to figure everything out on your own, it can be really lonely and really scary. But if you know you have a tribe of women, a community of women that have your back, it just feels a lot more safe and it's a lot more fun. Women love to have fun when they're together in groups. It's so true. Definitely. I know you went to Princeton. Did you feel like this back when you were in college? Princeton was the hardest four years of my life. That's where I <laughs> hit my bottom with alcohol and okay. had my heart broken for the first time. And it was really challenging because I came from a public school in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I got recruited by Princeton to play on their tennis team. And everyone else, you know, seemed to had already know each other from boarding school. And it was just a whole different culture for me. So it was really a culture shock. And I went from being a big fish in a small pond in Cincinnati to a small fish in a big pond where everyone at Princeton was the best of the best. So it was really hard, but I graduated and I graduated with honors in Italian language and culture of all things. And I don't my daughter much, would love that. Yes, I don't speak much Italian today, but I'm just so grateful that I graduated. And I that's where I got on my spiritual path because that's where I hit my bottom with alcohol. 
So what did you do what, once you hit your bottom? What did, where did you end up heading to? Is that what brought you to Los Angeles? I don't I have no idea. I No, I actually graduated from Princeton and I moved to New York City. I thought I wanted to be on the corporate side of the entertainment industry. And I interviewed at big companies like Turner and they said that I would have to be an intern. And I was like, wait, I just, you know, graduated from an Ivy League school. You mean you're not going to pay me? So then I started circling ads in the newspaper back in ancient history when we still circled ads. And I circled an ad that said, if you sell, you know, water filters, nutrition and weight loss products for five years, you could be a millionaire. So I was like, sure, sign me up. So I started selling these products all over the Midwest, all over the South, all over Florida. I did it for five and a half years and I didn't become a self-made millionaire, but I did study with self-made millionaires. And I learned so much about sales and business that when I finally did move to LA, in 2001, I was able to take a part-time sales job selling acting classes and make six figures working part-time. And in all that extra time is when I studied metaphysics. I got really deep into 12-step recovery groups. And it's really been, it's been like going on two paths at the same time, you know, being a top producing salesperson and also learning more and more about spirituality. Oh, that's so great. Now, how do you keep your balance? So I look at life in seven areas. So it's like seven spokes on a wheel. The goal is to have all seven areas in alignment or in balance. Obviously, some areas, you know, are going to suffer depend on what's go- depending on what's going on. But I really look at my life through a snapshot. So I actually have a really cool quiz that your listeners will love. It's a two-minute quiz. It's totally free. It's on my website. And it gives you a a really fast snapshot of which of your seven pillars are in alignment and which needs some support. So I'm always looking at life through the lens of how am I doing in my spirituality? How am I doing in my fitness? How's my social life? How's my romantic life? How are my finances? And And I can tell I've been doing this long enough. I can tell when something's out of alignment and then I just put more energy on that area until it feels in alignment. That's so great. So, and then do you have a morning routine that you do just to stay kind of spiritually connected and in balance? I do. So I think the morning routine is so important for the first pillar spirituality. So when I'm getting ready and like, you know, washing my face, brushing my teeth, I'm listening to something positive. It could be a podcast like yours. It could be a YouTube video. I really love Abraham Hicks. I love listening to podcasts or audible something to get my mind right because I want to get my mind right in the morning because it sets the tone for my day. Then I make some detox water with lemon and then I will read something from a spiritual book. It could be like a daily meditation or it could be any kind of spiritual book. And then I write a journal that I divide into three sections. I write a gratitude portion what I'm grateful for, what I surrender, and how I want to be that day. Because I believe that we're human beings, not human doings, and that we create from our beingness, not our doingness. So how do I want to be? I want to be loving. I want to be connected. I want to be present. I want to be powerful. So I write out those three lists. If I have time, I'll do some meditation or some yoga. Every day is a little different depending on my schedule. And that's my morning routine. 
I love that. That Those are so great. The gratitude list for me is key. I think it, it's been way over a decade that I've been doing those. And I have so many different people and places I'm doing them now. It's it's getting to be a bit much, <laughs> but it always, and someone said, I don't feel grateful. I said, no, 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 that's not the point. The point is by the time you end your gratitude list, you do feel grateful. If I'm feeling annoyed with Scott, I'll write him a gratitude list. By the time I get to the end, I'm like, oh my God, he's so great. <laughs> All the things that I'm grateful for about him and yeah, uh, yeah the point is it, it puts us in a place of gratitude when we're not so it's not that so we wish to be grateful for like even yeah. things that we don't that we take for granted like for example a lot of people i don't have anything to be grateful for if you have your health you have everything health is wealth you could have all the money in the world and if you're tied up to a you know a uh, IV, what are you going to do with all that money? It's health. If you have health, you have the world at your feet. You can create anything from the point of being healthy. So I think being alive and being healthy, that's where I start my gratitude list. Oh, definitely. And just electricity, running water. Yeah. I mean, it could be things like that and just keep going. Simple. Oh, yeah, definitely. Heated water. I mean, when the water heater breaks in my building and I have to take a cold shower, then it's it's stuff that you don't even think about that you just take for granted in this country, like having hot water. Absolutely. And internet. Yes. <laughs> Being able to, having a phone, all of that. And then how does your morning ritual create an abundant life for you? So I believe if you start the day tuned in, tapped in and turned on, to quote Abraham Hicks, then I can create from that point. I can set an intention for my day. So how do I want to be? What do I want to create? Who do I want to talk to? How do I want to be of service? I can be connected to the divine. I know exactly what to do intuitively. I get an intuition or a download about what I want to do that day. Sometimes I have a schedule. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a project, like creating this retreat for Medellin, all the cool things that we're going to do. I'll get a download like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we got a photo shoot and we have professional photos in Medellin for our social media and our dating profiles. And I'm going to do like a photo shoot on my retreat. And I get these amazing spiritual downloads that help me create more abundance. Or I'll be like, oh, I, I need to call that person. Their name will like pop into my head and I'll call that person and we'll create some abundance together. Like you and I creating our clubhouse chats and this yeah. chat you got a download to call me today. You know, you were on vacation. I'm so flattered that you got a download to call me on vacation. And now look for what we're creating this awesome conversation. It's so true. I had a whole different thing. I'm about at the halfway point of 52 weeks of hope. And I had this whole idea of what I wanted to do and talk about what the what it's been like to have this many episodes and to talk about really what brought it about and and what I've learned so far. And I thought, you know, you're going to be leaving soon. I know that you've got your manifestation program coming up and we've been having so much fun talking about how we can be anything we want and manifest anything we want. And we've both been through so many hard times. And I thought this would be, this is a celebration of my podcast and you've got yours coming up on one year. This is very fun for me. And I've never, I, I'm always sitting on the floor of my house or sometimes once I've moved it up to a table, but I like sitting on the floor with all my papers and research of everybody everywhere. And I thought this is a good celebration because you have, what, what would you say is the hardest challenge you're proudest of overcoming 
is? What do you think it has been? Do you think the divorce, the alcoholism, you've, you've overcome a lot. You didn't even talk about how when you were going through the, that divorce, I saw you go through. It was, I mean, you just said it in a sentence or two, but it was so hard for a year and a half. And then your father was passing away. I mean, you want to talk about yeah, I think that that was probably... and what you learned. And also you talk about how rejection actually sculpts who we are and who we become. So I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. I mean, going through my divorce was really, really hard because the person that I was divorcing would not move out of the house. And it was kind of like he was digging his heels in the sand. So he was living in the condo with me and I owned a rental property in the same building. So I moved into the rental property to get space, but then I lost that income. And it's really, it was actually like quite a feministic uh, quandary because I was paying for my lawyer, his lawyer and him. And I felt like here I am, like I've got three men with their hands in my purse and I knew this was financially draining, but also I rose to the occasion and I had my best sales year ever. I made over $200,000 in all commission sales that year. So it's like, even though I felt all this financial pressure, it was amazing that I was able to rise to the occasion using these seven pillars of abundance that I teach and, and stay relatively high functioning. And then my, as uh, this divorce was going on, my dad was in a nursing home in Ohio just slowly dying. Like it took him two and a half years for his decline from the day he checked into the nursing home to actually make his transition. And he was, uh, it was sad. Like going to a nursing home is so sad because you're like seeing people that were once young and vibrant and you're watching them like drool all over themselves, you know, watching like daytime television and just spending time there with him and then going back and forth to Ohio and LA and it was really, really, really challenging. And I knew that it would pass and I knew that it was making me stronger. And because I'm such a strong advocate in self-care, I was able to do my workouts and get my eight hours of sleep and drink my water and take my supplements and do all my self-care. So I was still functioning. It doesn't mean that it was easy, uh, but I just knew that I would get through it. So I did get through it. And you know how it felt? It's like when you push a beach ball underneath the pool and you push it under, it comes up higher. I knew I would bounce back higher and that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And it's so true. We all get through it, but we don't get through it alone. And and you yeah. didn't either. I had, that's where the community really helped. I had a community of women uh, that were also in recovery and out of recovery. And I really leaned on the shoulders of the women in my life. And in a way, they carried me through it. So I didn't go through it alone. And to speak into the rejection. So yeah, I came to LA. That's another hard thing. I had always achieved everything I wanted. I was a nationally ranked tennis player. By the time I was eight years old, I got into Princeton. I pretty much got whatever I wanted achievement wise. And then I thought uh, at the age of 30, I can move to LA and become a working actress. And although I did have some small parts on big shows like Friends, I never was able to make a living at it. And that was so humbling because I would go on auditions after auditions after auditions and, and nothing would come of it. And it really taught me humility. It really taught me that if something's meant for me, I'll get it. And if it's not meant for me, no matter how hard I try, I won't. 
And because I wasn't able to make a full-time living as an actress, that's where I got into being an author and a coach. And now I feel like I'm making such a mighty difference in the world through my coaching and my teaching that this is, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like if I would have uh, stayed an actress, I wouldn't have been able to make such a positive difference in the world. Which you definitely do. I love hosting these clubhouse rooms with you. It's just, it's just been so much fun in the Hope Club. And that's a good segue into if, do you have a message of hope? Yeah, my message of hope is find the joy in your day. Just do your day. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. They're both fictional. Do your day and find something in the day, no matter what you're going through. Like when I was going through my divorce and watching my dad die at the same time, I would make sure I found joy in that day. I don't care if it's walking your dog or watching something on Netflix or doing a FaceTime call with an old friend or watching some silly, stupid movie, like find the joy in the day because all we have is the day. It's so true. And now how many books have you written? I've written one, just the one, how to make the six figure income working part time. I have a blog on my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. And this seven pillars of attraction will probably be my next book. Okay. Because there's so many people that want to write a book and they haven't, or they're thinking about it, or they just started it. Do you have anything to say to them about how to get that book written? I mean, that's how you met your husband. Your, I know. Your fiance, sorry. <laughs> I would say done is better than perfect. Just write it. I mean, I did not re, re I hired a proofreader to do it. I have not read the book over and over and over again. I didn't micromanage it. I just kind of like puked it out and then gave it to a proofreader and I was done. So if I would have gone over it and over and over and over again myself, I would have burned out and probably not published it or not liked it. I still didn't like it. I'm like, oh, it should be thicker, but I didn't space. There's a lot in here, it's 90 pages, but it wasn't spaced out like the way that I thought. But you know what? Done is better than perfect. I have a book and that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that's such a big part of it. I, I put a free ebook on the website of how to be your best self now. And if I, if I start going through it another time, I first I was embarrassed about it. And then I looked through it again and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> and I'm done. If I look at it again, I'll start picking it apart. It's, yeah. yeah. We, we can definitely be our own worst enemies at times. So done is, is a good way to uh, put that. So yeah. I love that. Rebecca, this has been so much fun. I am so happy that you were able to do this today. It's fun to be able to do this from Miraval where I'm about to go on a sunset two-hour hike. I guess learn about nature and cactus. I don't know. It's a different environment than uh, the beach. <laughs> So, it, which is fun. We've had so many fun activities here. So it's been nice to get out of town for the first time in way over a year during the pandemic. We drove here. I uh, made him listen to Clubhouse because <laughs> he, he hadn't. I didn't for a long time, but <laughs> I did. And I had a whole playlist ready and it was road tripping time. So we drove out here. That is so fun. And I'm so excited to see how the Hope Club grows. I'm excited to grow that club with you. And I love that it's about, you know, talking about what you're manifesting and talking about what you're grateful for and just being such a source of positivity in the world. So I'm really excited to do that with you when you get back. Yeah, we'll start back up again next week. So I'm very excited for 
your mid-ing trip where women get to find their soulmate. I will put links for everything for you on uh, with the show notes when this is this airs in a couple of days. So thank you again for being a guest today. Yes, it was amazing. And yeah, if anybody's interested in the retreat, I have a couple spots left. It's going to be magical, an eight-bedroom villa overlooking the city of Medellin, a private mm. chef to prepare healthy food, daily meditation and yoga, the, the seven pillars of attraction. We're going to have our fun photo shoot with hair and makeup, and it's just going to be a magical, amazing week. So if you're ready to bust out and get out of America after being quarantined <laughs> for 14 months and you have a valid passport, I know it's coming up quickly. It's May 3rd, but I'd love to have you. Uh, that sounds so great. I mean, it is great here, but that sounds even better a little bit. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your six month mark of your podcast. I cannot wait to see, you know, where it goes in another six months when you complete your 52 weeks. Yeah, it's very fun. Thanks, Rebecca. You're welcome. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Rebecca's messages of transformation, resilience, and community. I love how she talks about that we aren't meant to do this life thing alone and about knitting circles and how we laugh together and we really do create better in groups. I'm starting a morning. Let's get going. What is it you want to create? 15 minutes. Just let's inspire each other in the mornings on Clubhouse. You don't have to be a Clubhouse member. I'm going to post it on social media and you can just come in that way or through a link on the website at 52weeksofhope.com. Come in and join us for a quick 15 minute, let's raise our vibration together and let's get this party started type of way to start our mornings together fun. Be sure to tune in next week for a health and transformational success coach, Dr. JC Dordick. He's also known as Dragon. Dragon's an author, an entrepreneur, a motivator, a podcaster. He wears many hats. He's learned his lessons as we all do and has survived some really low spots that were turning points and teaching moments for him. Dragon tells us the best is always yet to come and why organization, morning routines, and a sense of self and goals and visions will get you beyond the dreams you desire. I had such a great conversation with him. I know you'll enjoy listening to that episode next week. So go to the website, 52weeksofhope.com. If you have any questions or any feedback you want to give us, thank you so much for listening. Remember to share the love, tell two of your friends about the podcast, and please follow the podcast as well as leave us a positive review. Send us any feedback. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.